such thing as a good atheist, and we're going to talk about it. is away for the week he's doing more training so pray for him and pray for me hold him down the fort while he's gone it's been a little hectic on my own with the kids and this is my second time going solo doing um, a podcast so yeah it's been fun (laughs) just doing my own thing with it but um, just remember to like and subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on our podcast as well and we love to have you um on discord with us and we can have some discussion with you uh let us know what you think and also if you have any prayer requests or praise reports so this topic uh has had me really grieved um just reading these articles from atheists who say they used to be Christian were brought up in Christian homes and most were brought up they say in strict religious homes and they felt burdened and I'm thinking the true gospel uh, was not what their family believed and just from what they say about their story it doesn't seem like the gospel so I don't know you don't know anybody's um, true story you just get little bits and pieces of what they want to say but And I know people argue about the definition of atheist versus agnostic, but these are people who deny God. It doesn't matter if they believe in a higher power or no God at all because they are still living their good lives and their good works all in vain. They are just as lost. So this whole idea of a good atheist Uh, is a very appealing thing to people because people just want uh, peace without acknowledging the root that steals peace is sin. Uh, They want peace without the prince of peace and righteousness without the king of righteousness. So this whole idea of them pretty much saying they follow the ways of God, the teachings of Jesus, Um, without acknowledging Jesus. So this isn't just a topic about uh, atheists in general. Uh, It's just those who think they can walk the walk without the faith. So they're not doing their good works to earn salvation because they don't don't really believe they're going to go to heaven. They don't believe that Christians go to heaven. You know, they don't believe in, in God or any God. So they boast that they do, uh, they, they do good works equal to the works mentioned in the New Testament that accompany faith. But they do these works because they just think it's the right thing to do. But I know that's a whole other argument on how who does uh, an atheist get their morality from if we're all just the result of a big bang and evolution. That's a whole other topic, but I'm just going to stick to this. Um, So they think that they follow Jesus better than those who profess Christ. 
And we know there's no such thing as a perfect Christian, but a Christian should always be repentant. Um, Their sin is always before them, but so is God's grace and forgiveness, which continually covers our sins as we repent. So we should live in a constant state of humbleness before God, and we aren't always humble towards others, but before God, that is all we, we can be if we are truly Christians. So I'm just going to talk about one article in particular because it had some really good questions in it, and the questions in and of themselves aren't, uh, aren't wrong, but he gives the wrong answers to them. So the guy who wrote the article, his name is Lee Rufenden. Um, I just randomly, I was just looking online for, just for any articles about atheists and their good works, just along those lines. And so I came across this one, and so, I mean, it seems to be written um, in a way that would really draw people in, because the way he takes scripture and twists it is very clever, and I just see this Satan's um, work all through this article very sneaky so the name of the article is do atheists go to heaven so this guy is a minister um i don't remember the name of the church but i will link uh, the articles um and a couple other things uh, in the description so you can check uh this guy out not that i want you following him but just to see how how twisted uh I don't know how he gets his ideas. It's really crazy. So anyway. So yeah, do atheists go to heaven? It's the name of the article. So he says that the Bible contradicts itself on who goes to heaven. That's his whole point of the article is who goes to heaven. So he's talking about faith versus works. And he brings up John 3.18, which says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Then he points out the rest of the context right after that it says, and this is a judgment that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. And that's the rest of John 3.18, so up to uh, verse 20. So he's trying to argue that those who don't believe on Jesus are not condemned because their deeds are not evil. Then he goes on using the sheep and goats parable uh, to make his case stronger. And I'll read that to you. Uh, It's a little lengthy, but so... Starting at verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he goes on and he tells the ones on the left, depart from me um, because you didn't do all these things. Uh, you didn't do anything to the least of these. Therefore, you didn't do it to me. So the key word in the beginning, I don't know if you caught it, but who is he speaking to? Who answered him? The righteous. So he thinks he is one of the righteous because of his good deeds. But he makes a very good point here, and this is where he is right, because me and Spencer have addressed this issue several times in other episodes, an issue um, with professing Christians and teachers of the faith, uh, this once saved, always saved, false gospel, that faith without works isn't true, this on, it's only grace. So the, the thing is, works accompanies true saving faith. Faith without works is dead. So here's what he says that I say he's right on. So he says, this is precisely what traditional Christians deny, especially the evangelicals and fundamentalists in the Protestant wing of Christianity. They say uh, that if you believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell. They say that although you should do good deeds, this has nothing to do with your salvation. In other words, they reject Christ's own teaching about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. So because of this false gospel of once saved, always saved, this guy has a point. Uh, that is what Christians preach today. A weak gospel that doesn't have the power to bear fruit, which is the evidence of life in a person. Is the gospel a dead seed that won't grow and produce what it was intended to grow in the lives of God's elect children? So seed falls on stony ground or on ground with thorns, or on the wayside. Therefore, it won't grow there, but only on the pliable ground of the hearts of the ones God prepared before the foundation of the world. If a professing Christian preaches faith without works, they deny the gospel that saves because it does the work of saving and transforming into a new creation in Christ. There is a testimony not of merely words spoken, but the inward work of the Spirit, which bears outward fruit. And he is right that it will be those uh, who did good unto others. But he's wrong that you can do good works that mimic the things of God. Works alone don't save anyone. We need an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He is saying he is righteous. And I just can't believe that this guy is a minister like how do you read the bible and not see that salvation is by faith alone but without works it's dead but uh and right here he was right on track uh till the end of these statements so he says what then does it mean to believe in god the bible says that those who believe in jesus are not condemned but those who don't believe are condemned already and he goes on it also says that those who love their neighbor by doing good deeds for them will go to eternal life while those who do not will go to eternal punishment 
And he says, is the Bible contradicting itself? But he says, no, it's not. Instead, it is saying that believing in Jesus and believing in God means loving our neighbor and doing good things for our neighbor. That's why Jesus says, and he quotes Matthew 7.20, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So that verse is in the context of those who um, they did works. They did the things like the signs, the miracles. They cast out demons in Jesus' name. They prophesied. They worked miracles. So they weren't, but they were also the ones who were workers of iniquity. So he didn't quote all of that and explain it in context. So he goes on to say, to put it in more abstract terms, when we believe in and live by what is good and true, we are believing in God, whether or not we call it God. And when we believe in and live by the things Jesus taught, we are believing in Jesus, whether or not, whether or not we say we believe in Jesus. So that sounds, that sounds so tricky because he's saying confession doesn't matter. He's saying just do the works and the works alone are like believing in Jesus, but you don't have to acknowledge Jesus. So he's saying people can have their own righteousness. He's just saying we have to, de have to believe in what is good and true and believe and live by the things Jesus taught in order to be saved. He's saying there's no need to actually call on Jesus to save you from your sins. So that him and other good atheists, good atheists, um, just have to follow Jesus' teachings without re repenting of sins. Uh, he's saying that you'll just be saved by being nice to people and not sinning. He's saying he doesn't see himself as a sinner. He certainly does not understand the depravity of the human nature and that we all have sinned. He's taking scripture about sinners and saying that doesn't apply to himself. So I'm going to keep quoting some things. This is what I'm doing. I'm going through this article and I'm just picking it apart. Kind of like what we would do with Christianity today's rise and fall of Marcel. And so... I'm just going to be quoting a lot of his nonsense. So here he is again. He says, Today, atheists roundly reject the old definition of atheism as godless, wicked, and sinful. And yet, that is precisely what the Bible means when it talks about people who do not believe in God. And he goes on. In Psalms 14 and 53, after saying, Fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They are corrupt and do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. So I'm going to continue reading a couple more paragraphs. He says, these psalms and the Bible as a whole are not talking about people who do not intellectually accept the concept of God. No, the Bible is talking about people who reject everything good and true that God stands for by living corrupt, evil, and destructive lives. Does that really describe your average philosophical atheist in the world today? Of course, there are some atheists who are terrible, evil, and destructive people. 
but there are also some religious folks who are terrible, evil, and destructive people. Both of these groups, the religious evildoers and the non-religious evildoers, are atheists as the Bible defines atheism. They both reject in their lives the good and true things that come from God. Okay, end quote. So he is right. There are evildoers in both groups. But I wouldn't say someone who believes in God is an atheist just because they do wickedly. The Bible says that even the demons believe in God and they tremble. But you could say that those who do wickedly in the religious group and atheist group are both antichrist. So I'm going to quote another thing by him. This one made me laugh and cry, and I just cringe at this one. So he says, But atheists who care about their fellow human beings and the good of humanity and who honestly believe that a lack of belief in God leads to a better, more enlightened, and more just world are not even atheists by the biblical definition. That's because even though they do not say, Lord, Lord, they actually do the will of our Father in heaven by by working to make the world a better place for everyone in it. So they do the will of our Father in heaven. So the will of God is to make the world a better place for everyone in it. I don't know where that's at in scripture. So what is the will of the Father? Let's just look to the Bible. What does he command of us? So Jesus says one, uh, I'm just going to quote, I did not say what chapter um, this was from. I will put that in the description. So starting in verse 28, uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So how do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? By calling him a liar and saying you're without sin. Because the Bible says... You call God a liar if you say you're without sin. How is that loving God? They just want to take the other part. They want to hate God, and they want to love people. So if you reject Jesus, you reject God. So you think God is pleased with your righteousness? He says, be holy as I am holy. How do you become righteous? By believing on the one who shed his blood for your sins that you say you don't have. You think Jesus only died to save sinners worse than yourself and not for you as well. Wow. I'm worried for anyone who sits under the teaching of this man who twists God's word and denies Jesus. This minister is an antichrist. I don't care how harsh that sounds. 
so it's very obvious. Just read your Bible. So I'm going to quote something else from him. I'm just going on in the article. He says, Conscientious atheists commonly strive for a higher truth and a greater good than themselves and their own benefit. And whenever they do so, they are believing in what comes from God, uh, even if they do not accept the concept of God. And as long as they believe in some higher good and some higher truth and live by it, they find their place in heaven, not in hell, when their life on this earth is over. In this way, they are held to exactly the same standard as those, as those who believe in God. So they get to heaven, and they don't care for Jesus. It's like they want to go to heaven for heaven, but you go to heaven. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. It's about being in the presence of God for all eternity. It's not about being in a location. Why do you want to be somewhere if God's not there? Why would heaven be great if God's not there? It won't be great. That's what hell is. Hell is that not being in God's presence. I don't know. It just boggles my mind. But this it just makes me so mad. Uh, confession uh, that Jesus is the son of God. That is faith. That's the faith. And I'm just going to quote uh, I have this one down. First John 4:15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And then also Romans 10:8 through 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You're not saved by good works. It's faith first. Works follows faith. Okay. So it comes down to man boasting in his own righteousness and not needing the power of God's Holy Spirit to be made holy. It's like they spit at the cross. That's what they do. So what are all these Christian uh, martyrs being killed for again? Being kind and doing good deeds? No. They're killed for confessing Jesus as their Savior. That confession is the faith, the belief that saves you. Giving credit to where credit is due, not to yourself. And he goes on to say in the last two paragraphs that good people go to heaven that God is not right for sending good people to hell simply because they didn't acknowledge Jesus. He puts godliness before God. So he loves the creation over the creator, really. And I know this is true from this section I'll read to you. He says, heaven is the eternal home of those who love what is good and who love what is good and true simply because it is good and true. And that is a very good description of many sincere atheists who only want the world to be a better, more rational, and more just place for everyone. And I could go on all day just ripping every sentence apart and proving with the word of God alone why this is a false gospel or a false hope. Uh, it just really saddens me that 
so many people believe this and and more that just they twist God's word. Uh, but Satan has always done this. Uh, that clever statement that he said to Eve, did God really say? Yeah, God really said everything that's in the Bible. He didn't mean anything else by it. So after doing just a small amount of research on this minister, uh, I see he's really a, a cult follower. He gets his spiritual insights by mixing the Bible and teachings from an Emmanuel Swedenborg. Um, and then he forms his own ideas on what the Bible is really saying. And then I just look at who this Emmanuel Swedenborg is. And he speaks of receiving new revelation from Jesus in a dream. Anytime someone gets a vision and it's called new and it contradicts scripture, you call that Satan coming to you as an angel of light. So there's a whole religious movement based on this guy. Just reading his little biography and the new church is what it's called. There's other names for it. Um, what he teaches lines up with what this Lee character teaches too. And it's all very clever. It's it's twisting God's word, which Satan's always done. That's that's just what he does. But uh, I was going to read on Hebrews uh, twelve fourteen says, um, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we need to test all things. Um Satan is just so crafty, and we really need to get into our Bibles and let Scripture interpret Scripture like it does. It doesn't contradict itself. So this man claims you can attain holiness by good deeds, but God tells us our righteousness is as, is as filthy rags, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need to be saved. So be careful. Um, no, there's people who probably fall into this guy's teachings and the church that he follows. And I, it just looks like something a new Christian, um, might fall into. It just, it's a, it's a big trap. Um, but I wanted to end on this visual, um, that Spencer, uh, brought up when I was talking to him about all this, about atheists and their, their good deeds or that they claim will get them to heaven. Um, so it's a visual of a race, which the Bible uses a race uh, uh, as an illustration for, you know, running the race, uh, running for the prize. So these atheists with their good deeds are running so swiftly on that road and many might marvel at how easy it looks, almost effortless, that maybe we almost follow them. But the only way that we can follow them is to go the opposite direction of the prize. Though they run well, they don't win because they rejected Jesus, the true prize. So heaven is not the prize, Jesus is. And they already rejected him as Lord. So though we stumble, 
We still sin, but God's Holy Spirit is with us, the meek and lowly, the humble, those who confess they cannot do any good without him in us. We take our slow steps, but in the right direction at least, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, confessing him as Lord and King the whole journey. So I just wanted to end on that, guys. I thought that was a really neat visual. So that's all I have for you guys today.